Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. I also post them at HeidiHarris.com and other social media outlets that I use. Facebook, Twitter, Heidi Harris Show, Heidi Harris Show. Now, on my regular radio show, which you can hear five days a week on AM670 KMZQ in Las Vegas, I'm on 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., and you can listen live at a link at HeidiHarris.com. On my live radio show, uh, there are things that I get to over the course of a week, and sometimes I don't get to them. Or I'll have great guests that I want to talk to, but I want to talk to them longer than I can manage to do it in morning drive. Michael Anton's one of those people. Recently had him on the show. He's amazing. He wrote an essay in 2016 that caught everybody's attention, including Rush Limbaugh's, called The Flight 93 Election. It really held Republicans to account when it comes to the promises that they have made to voters again and again and again and continued, by the way, to break those promises. They don't stand up when they have opportunities to do things, and they should. He's got a new book out called The Stakes, talking about the 2020 election, recently did some columns on things like the coming coup. And that's pretty fascinating because the, he is very convinced that the Democrats are going to try to steal this election, as are many other people. So I wanted you to hear my conversation with Michael Anton. Michael Anton, welcome to the Heidi Harris Show. Hi, thank you. He's also, by the way, a lecturer and fellow at Hillsdale College. We all love Hillsdale College and a former national security official in the Trump administration. And this man does it all. Anyway, glad to have you here this morning. So we're, I, obviously we were surprised that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Did anybody know she was that sick? Was it a big shock to everybody? I don't think it was a big shock. I think, I mean, I'm not the, the great expert on this, but I think this was her third cancer bout. Yeah. Um, she had been in, in and out of the hospital this year, a, a few times this year, for, for treatment. I think she was 87 years old. And, and I know I've seen reported that there were attempts toward the end of the Obama administration to persuade her to retire so that, you know, they could, the, a Democratic president could appoint her replacement, and she essentially refused. So I, I, I don't think this is, this is all that surprising. I mean, it might be surprising the specific timing, but, and, and, I, and I also believe she had pancreatic cancer, which again, I'm, I'm no oncologist expert, but from what I understand, that's the deadliest form of cancer. It's the one that's hardest to treat and, and, and you know, almost never really goes into remission from what I understand. Absolutely. We're speaking with Michael Anton. I want to go back to what you said because I was just talking about this before you joined us, uh, that I wondered whether somebody had had a conversation with her during the Obama administration when they had a real shot to replace her with the liberals. So you're saying that somebody did and she said I, no well, way. I, that's been reported in a okay. lot of places. Got so it. I okay. think it's fairly credible that, um, yes, you know, they, they tried to get her, persuade her to retire so that she could be replaced by a Democratic president, and you know, from all accounts, um, I, you know, I haven't read a lot about her, but I did read one interesting article by a law professor named Amy Wax who knew her and said you know, she's one of just the hardest working people um, she'd ever known. That is Justice Ginsburg, uh, very driven, you know, uh, you know, not 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 a clerk-driven justice the way some of them are, but you know, wrote her own opinions, did a lot of her own research, and people like that who are very driven and really work hard don't want to retire. So I sort of understand. You know, on one level, on the other hand, the politics of it, you can understand right. that President Obama wanting to, um, you know, make, uh, make a replacement on his own terms of somebody you know, a few decades younger and, and have a, chance, a real chance to shape the court and tried to get her to do that. And apparently 
uh, did not succeed. Between between her not doing that and Harry Reid, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. I'd rather talk about your book. Uh, you do mention, you had a column that came out a couple of, a week or so ago called The Coming Coup. And I read that and I went, oh my gosh, and it was so well written. But I mean, we're speaking with Michael Anton. Uh, I guess a lot of people are very concerned that there is going to be some major event after the election, that we're not going to know who the president is on election night, maybe not a week after, maybe not a month after. Election rules are changing around the country. Ballots, certainly in Nevada, that's happening. Ballot harvesting is now legal and these kinds of things. So talk a little bit about that. Well, all of these changes only point in one direction, which is to make it easier for the Democrats to, quote, win, unquote, elections, right? No, none of these changes help Republicans. They're all passed or pushed under the guise of inclusivity and voting rights and our democracy and so on and so forth. But the real reason for them is they help Democrats and they hurt Republicans. So the idea is that whatever may or may not happen on November 3rd, uh, keep, the, keep the voting open, keep the counting open, keep the... Uh, um, Keep the ballots flowing in from the mail or from wherever, and just keep counting until Biden wins. That's the plan. Uh, And the Democrats have made that pretty plain, but they also made plain in this leaked report from the so-called Transition Integrity Project, an Orwellian name, if ever there was one. I got that right here. (laughs) Yes. Yes, That that, um, even if there's a Trump landslide, they're not going to concede. And they're going to they're going to find ways or look for ways to ensure that they install Joe Biden as president, even in the event that the vote goes against them. Yeah. Now, Hillary Clinton's already come out. And I know you follow all these things and said that uh, he shouldn't weeks ago said he shouldn't yeah. concede. And uh, as you mentioned, this transition integrity project, one of the things they said, I love this. The concept of election night is no longer accurate and is indeed dangerous. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the attorney general at a speech that in front of a Hillsdale College audience, in which I was in the audience just last week, it talked about how dangerous this is. In part, you know, an election is supposed to be a moment in time when the entire country makes a decision based on the same information. It's not an election, or not as we used to understand it anymore, if people are voting over the span of months or longer based on different information. And especially it's not really an election when the process is going to be controlled by officials of one party, in this case mostly the Democratic Party, who will just rig it or, or you know, to, to ensure the outcome they want. Uh, you know, if, 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 the, if the voting, if the, if the plan is to extend the count indefinitely, well, wait, we've got more ballots. How could you be against counting ballots? Counting ballots is right. the essence of our democracy. We have still more ballots. We, and just to keep counting as ballots roll in, and, 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 and there's a fraud in a lot of these cases, too. How many times has it happened where you think the voting is over and a Republican has won, and voila, just out of nowhere, out of somewhere, you know, a box, oh, I found a new box of ballots. <laughs> we have to count these. If we don't count these, we're suppressing the vote. Right. That happens a lot, and it never, ever happens in Republicans' favor. That's true. You always hear that. You're disenfranchising people. We're speaking with Michael Anton, lecture you're research. Disen- the idea is you're disenfranchising people unless the Democrats won, and right. then the people have been enfranchised. Absolutely. This only goes one way. That's so true. Michael Anton is here. He's a lecturer and research fellow at Hillsdale College, former national security official in the Trump administration. Uh, senior fellow at Claremont Institute and written so many amazing things, so many great columns. You've got a new one out, Confirm a Justice Now, and you talk about how if Republicans are good at anything, it's finding principled, quote-unquote, reasons to betray their constituents and contradict uh, their philosophy. And this happens so, it drives you crazy. And they say, oh, no, we want to play nice, or we want to get along, or this and that. And they always fall for that from the Democrats and go back on what they run, run on, which drives you crazy. Yeah. 
and I have no doubt in my mind that if the Democrats were in the same position now, if they had, uh, if they had the presidency and the Senate, uh, even if they had said the last time there was a there was a Supreme Court nomination that oh no we should wait until after the presidential election I have absolutely no doubt that they would ram through their nominee That's the right. exact same thing that they're criticizing Republic but Republicans haven't even done it haven't even indicated that they're going to do it there's some doubt as to whether they'll do it several senators have expressed reservations uh, at least one Lisa Murkowski has said she doesn't want to vote on it now now so Susan Collins said something similar but if you read Susan Collins' statement very very carefully it's worded to leave her, at least the way I interpreted it, it's worded so as to leave her an out. Yeah. Uh, that is to say, she didn't say, absolutely, I will not vote. <laughs> she just said she thinks the vote should be postponed until right. after well, the, the election. Room. Well, yeah. that leaves her the possibility of what if it isn't? What if the vote is called? Um, she didn't say she wouldn't vote or, or that she would vote no. And in fact, Susan Collins is the essentially the reason uh, Brett Kavanaugh got confirmed with that magnificent floor speech she gave uh, in October, I guess it was, of 2018. If everybody remembers this, um, it was her vote that turned the tide, I think, in the Kavanaugh in the Kavanaugh hearing. Yeah, I think so. so she has shown that uh, she's willing to stand up on principle and take a risk. Now she's in a tough re-election fight right now. So... Uh, you know, my advice to her, if she if she were to ask, would be take a stand and put it to the voters and see what your voters say. You don't know that uh, you you could very well be rewarded by the voters for taking a stand and voting for a for a solid Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. And even if you aren't, even if you lose your reelection, so what? That's why you're there. You're there to take tough votes, to take a stand for principle, to support your party, to support your president, and to support a process that you say you're for, which is the nomination of originalist, conservative, constitutionalist justices to the Supreme Court who will interpret the Constitution as written. If you take a vote doing that and you lose, you will have done something principled and heroic and paid a price for it, and that act of courage will be remembered. <laughs> I, I love your, your thinking, but I wish more politicians believed the way you do, but they don't. Michael Anton is here. Got a new book out called The Stakes, America at the Point of No Return. You know, everybody always says, oh, this is the most important election in our life, lifetime. Talk a little bit about uh, what you see at stake here in this particular election. Well, what is at stake here is whether the country remains, in any sense, a constitutional democracy or just becomes a one-party state. California and New York and other states, I I single those two out because they're big and important and because I've lived in both of them and understand them, they are one-party states. Republicans don't matter in California and New York. And they are the most liberal states, among the most liberal states in the Union, where without opposition, the left can do essentially whatever it wants. if, if we lose this election, I think America becomes that, becomes pretty quickly a one-party state in which Republican opposition just doesn't matter. Um, first of all, the Democrats have said, though, and uh, here's another way, that, here's another Democratic lie. They're saying they're, they're threatening now, oh, we'll take away the filibuster if you do this judicial nominee. All right. They already said they were going to take away the filibuster before Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, died, and this Supreme Court uh, nomination at this point was even an issue. They're trying to make that uh, a condition now. I like what, what somebody said, a, a former, I think it was a former chief of staff to Josh Hawley, said, well, that's an empty threat. That's like negotiating after you've already shot the hostage. <laughs> right? you, we know you're going to take that away. You said you were going to take that away. Right. So that, that just takes another uh, break 
away uh, from you know uh, the, the Republican Party or from the opposition to stop or slow radical change. They'll add new states to the union. They'll pack the Supreme Court. They'll amnesty illegal immigrants and then let those illegal immigrants bring over family members to augment the number of Democrats in, in purple states and tip them blue. They'll do all of that to make the country permanently, or at least for a long time, um, as 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 uh, democratic and blue as they can, and then start enacting their radical woke agenda everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think those are the stakes, and that's essentially the core reason why I wrote the book, and to explain as best I can what I think blue politics coast to coast will look like, how it will affect us all, how dangerous it is, and and then to sketch out some scenarios for how. I think that once, if, if they were to get this, I don't think it's a system. I think there's reasons to wonder whether the, the system that they want can be kept going. I mean, you look at California right now. California has a $50 billion deficit, a fleeing middle class, a declining population. It's crumbling in so many ways that you have to ask, how long can California uh, keep going the way it is? Look at Manhattan right now, or New York City right oh, now. Yeah. Ridership and the subways and the buses and the trains is down 60 and 70 percent because people are leaving because the place doesn't work anymore. So why do we want that for the whole country? Yeah, well, some people do, unfortunately. And they, what, what drives me crazy, we're speaking with Michael Anton, they never get cause and effect. We have people who move here from those kinds of states here to Nevada, and they don't understand that the bad politicians and the bad policies they voted for were what destroyed their state the yeah. last time. It makes me insane, Michael. And they've destroyed places like Austin, Texas, and you know a, a lot of other states around Colorado. Other, They just leave, and then they just replicate what they've left. I call it – I'm going to write an article with this title, so please don't steal it. I, st- I never steal I anybody's. blue lo- Locusts. They, they, they descend on a place, just destroy it, just eat everything. Thank you. And then they move on. So they leave California and they ruin Oregon right. and Washington and then Idaho and Nevada and Arizona. Yes. And so, and that, you know, what are they looking at now? Well, I'm hearing that the Californians are starting to flood into and destroy Utah. And Montana, too. And, of course, people too. of Utah are, yeah. are alarmed by that. You know, this is, a, this is a problem that I think those of us who, who, who want conservative governance, who want sort of center-right governance, fiscal sanity, protection of liberty, law and order and all of these things we're going to have to think through how to prevent this from happening in the future because i you know a, a, a usa in which the blue locusts have eaten every last uh, every last plant and tree and leaf is not a place i want to live yeah and these will make the rocky mountain locust infestation what 1870 something this will make that look like nothing michael anton I, I can't wait to read that column i love the title and no i don't steal anybody's lines great talking to you michael it's been a real privilege the book is called the stakes america at the point of no return you can get it on Amazon and look for his stuff. Uh, he writes for all the big. I love uh, I love American greatness. You see a lot of his columns there and other places like that. Thank you, Michael. What a privilege it's been to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, I think the really important thing is we are trying to hold Republicans accountable. They have an opportunity here when it comes to the Supreme Court to do something they are charged with doing. The voters have given them this mandate to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, to stand up, to do what they're supposed to do, not to play dirty, not to be, uh, you know, doing anything illegal, but to do their duty and not bow down to pressure. I mean, for heaven's sake, 
All of us have pressure all day long to do things that are wrong. You're supposed to stand up and who cares if someone's upset about it? So anyway, it was great talking to Michael Anton. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget that you can join me live from my radio show, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM 670 KMZQ in Las Vegas. If you forget all that, go to HeidiHarris.com. I've written a couple of books. That information's up there in my blog posts, um, you know, pictures, whatever, other stuff up there at HeidiHarris.com and all my social media is connected to that. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.